Hey, hey, kids, you're listening to a couple of annoyed grunt boys, and this is the 138th Simpsons podcast. I fell into a burning ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher, and it burns, burns, burns. The ring of fire, the ring of fire. That's right. We're the Simpsons podcast that discusses the beloved animated sitcom, The Simpsons, but we don't talk about episode by episode, like starting from seasons one to continue. No, 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 no. We skip those 10 seasons, the first 10, that is, because uh, there's plenty of podcasts out there that discuss those beloved early years. No, we're here to see if there's uh, gems out there that uh, maybe you haven't seen, but we're going to see them before you and uh, talk about it. That's right. We go from seasons 11 and beyond at random, but uh, my co-host is not at random. No, I'm half annoyed grunt boy, Craig. My other half annoyed grunt boy's name is, uh, what is it? It's uh, Steve. Yeah, Steve. Welcome to the show. Thank you. How you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, it's another week, but uh, as I'm wont to do, I looked at the AV Club, the one of my formerly favorite uh, in, infotainment websites. Well, it's gone downhill in the recent years, but there was an article about The Simpsons, and whenever there is, I like to bring it to our attention. And so they have listed the best obscure Simpsons characters from A to Z, and they have an A to Z list of all of what they call obscure uh, Simpsons characters. I'll ask you some of these if you know who they are, Steve, okay? All righty, yeah. Try and stop me. We'll start with a Arnie Pie. <laughs> Arnie Pie? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's hard to get started, so I'm sure that the next one will be yeah. a bit more obscure. Uh, Bumblebee Man. Have you ever yeah. heard of him? I, I think. Uh, I Okay, so, you know, <laughs> the first two were a little, a little mainstream, but surely by the third one, they'll get really, like, obscure. Somebody we haven't even heard yeah, of. Surely's not on this list, Steve. Oh. Uh, Cletus. The Slack John Yokel? Yeah. I like Disco Stew, <laughs> Eddie. Okay, I guess Eddie might be an obscure character. Like, show a picture of Eddie to a non. Oh, you know, just like a person is like, yeah, I've seen The Simpsons. They probably wouldn't know who Eddie's name. Like, oh, that's that's the other cop. That's true. But I feel like if you were to like the first couple here, like show a picture of Cletus and Disco Stew, even your fair weathered viewer would know who that is for sure. Uh, Frank Grimes. See, that's weird because he's. Only in like what one episode, and then like doesn't he have a brother that tries to avenge him in one episode? Like that's it. Yeah, might be his son, but yeah, something like that. I don't consider that an obscure character. That was a character in one episode, right? Gil Gunderson, mm. Hans Molman. No, he's no, like he's in every very episode. mainstream. <laughs> and then for I, they have the inanimate carbon rod, which barely a character. That's stupid. Yeah. That's like uh, them trying to be clever. Like Simpsons fans are going to love this reference. I will say that it is obscure because I do have a pin of the inanimate carbon rod. And when I tell uh, non-Simpson obsessed people or normies um, about it, they're very confused. So <laughs> I guess it's obscure, but it's more of a reference rather than a. It, it could also be like the uh, the Lego lightsaber, green lightsaber blade. That's true. <laughs> Uh, so they're on to Jay, not to Jasper Beardley. I'll give it to them because, again, I think if you were to show that character, people would recognize him. But I don't think they would know his name. That's true. Especially the, his last name. Kearney? No, no, that's not an obscure character, guys. Nope. Lindsay Nagle? Hardly obscure to me. Yeah. And you think of her hardly. <laughs> not like you don't think of her often, but you're hard <laughs> when you think of her. <laughs> Uh, for M's, they got Mr. Teeny. Like, Mr.'s not a name. <laughs> okay, for M, who would you have as an obscure Simpsons character with M? Um, I mean, you could go mod. That's not even now. No, that's not even that obscure. That's, um, but they would probably put that. Yeah. Um, Is there a, a Mildred Simpson? <laughs> well, there's Mona. Mo Mona would be good. Yeah. There is a Mildred. <laughs> uh, uh, she's a retired lady who's flirting with Abe and Homer Simpson. Abe and Homer Simpson. Interesting. Yeah. Voiced by Trust McNeil. And the winter of his content. Oh. We've done the winter of his what was monetized content. Monetized content. That's funny. Uh, status on Mildred is she's alive, Steve. So there, that's the one of the most obscure that's, characters. <laughs> exactly. That's that's a good one. Uh, we don't even know this character. <laughs> but uh, let me think. Of Dr. Nick for N. Or, or M. I mean, could have been like Marvin Monroe. That's a good one. Yeah. All right. Uh, so they, I, you said Dr. Nick is, again, Dr. Nick is not an obscure. No. Uh, for O, they did Old Jewish Man, which that is his canon name. 
Yeah, I'll accept uh, that. But like, uh, I'm surprised they didn't put auto. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they did. They put it for A. They just didn't spell it right. <laughs> well, for Q, they have Freddie Quimby. And only in like one episode. Yeah. I mean, and also, you know, they switched, you know, from first name to last name. Right. <laughs> this is kind of all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. For P, they did Poochie. So I don't find that obscure because it was, again, it's just one off episodes where like, right. Reference Poochie as jokes from time to time, but I don't consider that P. What's another P Simpsons character? Um, surprised they didn't put Principal Skinner. <laughs> uh, is there Princess, a uh, what about Princess oh, uh, Cashmere? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. I like that one. Uh, for our rich Texan. <laughs> S is squeaky teen voice again I don't think that's obscure because again almost every episode squeaky teen yeah I mean you could go Sam the barfly that's, that's a good one because yeah I didn't know his name until like a few podcasts ago yet exactly tell me this one is so stupid for T they put Todd Flanders <laughs> Ro- everyone knows Rod but right do you remember Todd I don't know if only they were in some scenes together they got Uter for you I think I'll give him that one. Yeah. Again, another one-off character for V. Vauclave, who was in the... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Sally and Homer, Mr. Plow. So for W, it's funny. It's wise guy, but they have a video clip from YouTube, and it says best of sarcastic guy, Raphael. <laughs> so his right. name really is Raph, Raphael, but also is known as the sarcastic guy. Yeah, AV Club's like, uh, W, uh, that wise guy one. Yeah. I feel like this person... Who wrote this which is a group of people mm-hmm. um they probably watched like three episodes of the simpsons like oh we got this yeah <laughs> we know um i think about. wally weasel would be good for w it's kind of a uh, take on the chuck e cheese yeah i like that yeah who's x steve uh <laughs> it's uh zoko all right well they win that's that's obscure one i don't know i remember it vaguely it's a take on the brazilian Children's show host who is also a porn star from okay. the 90s. I'll give it to him because I think that character does make a couple appearances every once in yeah. a while, right? Okay. Uh, for why they got the yes guy. Yes. That's fine. Uh, Z, they got Zootroy. Who is also in only one episode, but I'll right. I'll, I'll allow it, I That's guess. Fine. So, yeah. I don't um, know. There, we read you guys the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Content. <laughs> uh, let's just keep uh, entertaining our audience with more simpsons talk steve but actually about a simpsons episode and not just random simpsons stuff on the internet all righty well to do that let's uh, jump back into our way back machine and go all the way back to that wonderful year of 2006 uh <laughs> so we, we don't all know what happened then 2006 is how the uh irish say the year 2006 <laughs> It is a fine year for potatoes and alcoholism. Uh, Steve, uh, we had movies then, 2006. What was the number one movie in the uh, box office? Well, you're coming off a little hostile there, Steve. Sorry. Um, I'm not sure. What was it? Uh, hostile. Oh, okay. Is that the, uh, that's like Eli Roth, right? He makes those I think movies? so. I, don't, I have never watched them. Is it like? I a, assume it's like torture porny. I was going to say torture porn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, was going to say, is it gross porn? But I'm like, wait, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like horror gross. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not like scat. That's gross porn. Uh, I mean, it's all relative, but yeah. Uh, Actually, that's gross too, all that porn. It's all relative. <laughs> my favorite kind of gross porn is uh, watching my bank account uh, rise. Because it's, <laughs> it's gross, probably. Yeah, yeah gross. Pro- okay, that was dumb. My, my favorite po- gross <laughs> porn is NPR, wait, wait, don't tell me, guest panelist Peter Gross drinking off into a cup. Um, that's a joke for nobody. <laughs> my favorite gross porn is uh, watching... Oh. Uh, Family Ties, yeah. and the dad, Stephen, uh, Michael Gross, and uh, the tra- Tremors. Fame. Yeah. <laughs> All right. R.I.P. Michael Gross. He's still with us, Steve. <sighs> we'll, we'll have to do uh, a Tremors podcast. Isn't there like 25 of those movies? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, uh, Steve, while we were uh, bopping to a hostile movie, what were we bopping to for a music movie? Uh, the number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 was Don't Forget About Us by Mariah Carey. Don't forget about us. Don't, baby, don't, baby, don't let it go. Don't baby, don't baby, don't get it now. Don't baby, don't baby, don't let it go. Mm, baby. Yeah, I know what this is. <laughs> just let it die with no goodbyes. Details don't matter. We're both paying the 
Sometimes when she does the voice thing, <laughs> yeah. it sounds like she's making fun of herself. Yeah, I kind of chuckled at that. I was like, hey. <laughs> I mean, we sound like we're bullying Mariah Carey. We'll Let's save that for next week. <laughs> yeah, um, Mariah Carey. Yeah, fine. Yeah, very talented singer. Completely sane. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm glad you. Uh, I'm glad you said she's a very talented singer. She'll be glad to hear that, Steve. You know, <laughs> she has been told that before. Well, anyway. I would like to be the first to say that I have not forgot about her. All right. Well, Steve, um, what's this episode about? Uh, well, it's called Homer's Paternity Coot. And so Marge's uh, rage against the new toll road system somehow leads to the discovery of a frozen postman and his 40-year-old male. M-A-I-L, not M-A-L-E. <laughs> not the 40-year-old male virgin. Steve right. <laughs> All right, Steve, let's uh, go ahead and take a break and come back and talk about that. Episode sounds that sounds like what? Wonderful. Okay. We'll be right back. We both know nothing comes close to what we have. It perseveres. Then people can't forget it. How big we used to date it. And we're back. Today we're talking about Homer's Paternity Coot, the 10th episode of the 17th season. It originally aired on January 8th, 2006. It is episode 336 in the show's run. Your nerd code is HABFO3. It was written by Joel H. Cohen, directed by Mike B. Anderson, and your showrunner is Al J. Gene. I don't know his middle name. I don't know. Joel H. Cohen, not the uh, creator, Joel X. Cohen of Futurum. Futurum. <laughs> How many Joel Cohns are there in Hollywood? I know. There's Ethan and Joel Cohen. Another Joel Cohen. Right. There's also Ethan and Joel Cohen. Remember the um, the Garfield movie with Bill Murray? Yes. Because it was written by a writer named Joel Cohen, and Bill Murray thought it was Joel and Ethan Cohen wrote Garfield. He's like, well, that's weird, but I would definitely do the Cohen Brothers <laughs> films. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's why he agreed to it, allegedly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Joel H. Cohen... Uh, long time writer for the simpsons uh since like 2001 wow. and it's a uh, 2021 now steve I'm, if i do the math correctly that's at least 80 years i think you're exactly <laughs> right uh so besides this episode obviously we've uh reviewed let's say uh gone a be gone have we done that one yet i feel like we have sure moan leaves uh no we've never done that one the debarded didn't we do that one no that's the one with topher grace i think oh I'm sure we've done some of these. Brawl in the family. There we go. We've done yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah. And um, now Homer's paternity coot. Yeah, he's still working on The Simpsons. Good for him. I think the last one he did was Seven Beer Itch. Steve, I'm sure we didn't do that one, right? No, I don't think so. A beautiful English woman named Lily comes to Springfield and becomes enamored with Homer. I remember that episode. I mean, it came out in November, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Joe H. Cohen, welcome to the show. Yes. Uh, so this was the first episode to air in 2006. So that's fascinating. Yeah, I'm great. Great. We have that trivia for you. Hey, how about a chalkboard gag, Steve? All righty. So if this was the year 2006 and the chalkboard says, I am not smarter than the president, that, of course, would be President uh, John Kerry, right? Exactly. Reporting for duty. <laughs> or was it President Gore? Oh, wait. We're in, we're in an alternate universe where Gore won, Steve. So that chalkboard gag could work with, uh, I guess, any president, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> wait, no, Bart is smarter than Trump. <laughs> Yeah, he is. Okay. Well, we have the chalkboard gag, Steve. Do we have a, a couch gag? And is it short and sweet? Oh, well, we do have a couch gag. Yay. Uh, so the Simpsons family sit down on the couch as usual, but a cameraman comes and takes their picture. So the camera flashes, setting off a series of family portraits to take place over the next seven years. So we have 2006, where they're just sitting there. 2007, which uh, is the same, but their arms are a little different. And then in 2008, Homer's gone. <laughs> and uh, Marge is wearing her funeral clothes like, you know, he just died. And the kids are wearing their Sunday best. And then in 2009, Lenny took Homer's place. And uh, Bart and Lisa are beginning puberty. Um, and then we go to 2010, where Carl has taken Marge's place. So it's Lenny and Carl and the kids. And uh, Maggie's in different clothes and is no longer using a pacifier. We then go to 2011. Marge is back, but she's older. And Lenny's gone and is now replaced by uh, Jimbo Jones. So Marge is getting some bully dick. Um, and then in 2012, Homer's back, but uh, he's now a robot. And then finally in 2013, everybody's a robot. Do you think uh, they ended at 2013? Do you think they're like, I don't think the Simpsons is going to go on past that year. Yeah, like, yeah, that's probably good. Yeah, we're good. I almost thought we saw this one, but no, we've there's been variations of this kind of couch gag. 
Yeah. Like recently with a Christmas one, not the 700th episode, but the there was a, or maybe it was. No, it wasn't that. But it was, it well, was yeah, a Christmas I mean, episode. They showed the family. Isn't it a Christmas one? I don't remember. Well, there are the two different uh, episodes that were kind of connected uh, Days of Future, Future, and oh, Days of Future, okay. Past, or whatever. And I always get the titles wrong, but and those both showed, showed. Yeah. Right. Well, it's still fun. Uh, yeah, what, was your favorite, what was your favorite year, Steve? I liked it when Homer died. I like that Lenny and Carl got married briefly. That that I think is nice. It's funny too because Lenny and Carl are there. So where does Marge go? But the faces of Bart, Lisa, and Maggie just like looking at Carl is just like concerned. It's funny, but then when Marge mm-hmm. comes back, they still have like the same kind of look. <laughs> now with Jimbo, huh? Maybe it will. That was huh. must have been like a Marge like uh, rebellious year where she just like left the family. Yeah, Carl Lenny took over to raise the kids. <laughs> I think it way too much into this, but robot Homer, because that did that become something like uh, that was an episode where Homer became a robot, right? The days of future, yeah, I think future. so, yeah, or whatever when that Christmas, right? Was. Okay, and that was before this or after? This is after this episode. All right, correct. All right, well, Steve, the episode actually begins with our good pals Marge and Lisa. They're sitting on the uh, old Simpsons couch there, watching some TV. The uh, Simpsons ladies, not the Office ladies, Steve. No. Yeah. Uh, are are they're watching a commercial, and uh, it's particularly compelling to the matriarchy. The Margiarchy. <laughs> the Mar- Margiarchy. It's so hard to it's say. Margiarchy. <laughs> oh my God! Everything we own is in that house. How often have you driven by a fire and thought, how can this benefit me? Well, think no more and drive on down to the Smoke Damage Outlet Store. Where there's smoke, there's bargains. We've got fire-damaged furniture, smoke-damaged smoke detectors, action figure puddle, something we think was an air conditioner, and boxes and boxes of you figure it out. Come in today and meet Smokin' Joe Frazier. I'm only here because my name had smoke in it. Oh, come on, that has nothing to do with it, Smokin' Joe. I can send people to your house. Bad people. (laughs) Come on, we're going to that store before the next commercial makes me do something else. Buy the suit off my back. Only $9.95. Stop, drop, and save. (laughs) Steve. Yes. The best joke of this podcast that we've done, Uh favorite joke of all time now is, have you ever driven by a fire? And wonder how can that benefit you? I think it's seriously the best joke The Simpsons has done. <laughs> I, I don't know that I disagree with you. Um, this clip is great. It's very funny. Um, that's a very funny line. <laughs> it's just the most absurd, greatest line. Yeah. I give points to that. The, the rest of the episode can be whatever. Just for that moment, it made me like such a good opener for the show. I, I don't know. It's such a good line. Yeah. And I feel like it's a, a nice uh, descriptor of the rest of the episode because it's really, this is kind of a goofy episode, I will say. Also, the woman, to, uh, the Tress McNeil voice. Yeah. So good. And the way that she said it, like everything I own is in that house. Yeah. It's true of everybody. <laughs> Most everybody owns most everything that they own in their house. Uh, I realize that a... people have storage units and banks and whatever, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean, smoking Joe Frazier was hilarious. Yeah. Too, the... <laughs> uh, great, great, in- great, great uh, uh, intro. Yeah. I also love uh, a couple of the intros, the uh, boxes with uh, that are on fire with question marks on them. <laughs> uh, the guy whistling with the uh, burning grandfather clock and just the giggling from the guy dro- stop dropping and rolling while mm-hmm. on fire ah, just it's that's just quality all right can we turn the episode off now because i i think we're done all right cool but we aren't steve oh um, so uh marge and lisa hit the road to purchase some slightly charred used goods but it turns out that marge is the one on fire with curiosity there's a sign for a 75 cent toll that she's noticing for the very first time and she's a very good noticer the city has made this a toll road which upsets marge as she doesn't want to pay for something she uses every day like what's next a spatula tax um is it greg yeah okay marge yeah she's got some good lines there she does lisa asks her mom uh what choice she has but to uh, pay the toll and marge recalls the glory days with the canyonario and sees the old cheapskate trail and voila uh, which is french for ta-da a great line there and marge takes the bumpy road sticking it to the man do you think it's hmm. well i was hmm. gonna ask do you think it's out of character for marge like to not obey the laws or 
it does seem like she would just kind of go along with it normally. But, you know, every now and then she gets, you know, like when she became a cop, you know, she gets inspired to be more exciting. Yeah. All right. That's all. Okay. Good night. Good night. <laughs> well, Carl is inspired to do the same thing. And so is Lenny, but he's just in the same car as Carl, but they just haven't been talking and uh, Lenny wants to talk again. So, uh, but driver after driver uh, follows suit and Mayor Quimby is upset as he looks uh, onto the toll booth through his binoculars at the uh, napping attendant with his latest issue of Playbooth magazine. I love that there's a pornography, uh, pornographic magazine dedicated solely to toll booths. I mean, what about like restaurant booths? Oh, yeah. I mean, there could be any booths that you can show a picture of uh, John Wilkes Booth uh, <laughs> showing, showing Don. Well, the mayor's complaining to uh, Wiggum that the city needs those 75 cents to depython the town fountain. And then we get to uh, a scene where we see several families are enjoying the water feature until the uh, snakes spring from it, causing the crowd to run in horror. But uh, Quimby wants those cheapskates through that toll by any means necessary. And Wiggum obliges, cocking the rifle and uh, promising no survivors. Hmm. <laughs> a cop just wanted to shoot. Where have I seen that before? Weird that that uh, would still happen. Yeah. So the mayor allows the lawman to shoot his gun to the fireplace, uh, much to uh, Wiggum's delight. But Craig, I've got a blunder for you. Hmm. In that scene, we saw the snakes. They were blinking. Snakes can't blink, but they do leave the bones like all snakes. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. So a week later, Marge is driving on the very same road when she uses her good noticing skills. Oh, that uh, line. <laughs> and uh, she makes a surprising discovery. What the hell, oh, kitty? Tire spikes? Oh, they blocked my shortcut. I'm trapped like the L in a BLT. We've gone over the spikes, Tim. We're going to have to come up with 75 cents. Don't worry. This one's on Jesus. Don't be cool for once. Of the, uh, oh, hello, kitty line. That's great. Yeah. Marsh, oh, Marsh. hello, kitty. I like her. And Lovejoy there stealing from the Lord. I know. As the uh, Jesus face looks on. <laughs> Which is the same Jesus face. I know that Jesus has a face, but... <laughs> Oh, well, he did. <laughs> it's, but it's the same looking face as uh, the one where Ma, when uh, the episode that we just reviewed where Ma turns uh, into Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it was fun. Uh, so Marge passes over the non-puncturing side of each spike, her face uh, growing more anxious with each bump. She then arrives at the toll booth where the smiling attendant points to a basket where the spare change is intended to go. But through Marge's eyes, the basket transforms into a snarling snake-like mouth telling Marge to pay. It goes on to say that today it's 75 cents, but in five years, it's 80, assuming voter approval. So Marge uh, strily says no and puts her car in reverse, and this causes her tires to pop, and then a uh, domino effect uh, happens on all the cars behind her, and uh, a sideshow male puts it... Uh, Severely damaged. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the prophecy has been fulfilled. Meanwhile, in another car, Lamb of God Agnes Skinner is instructing her son to fix their flat tires. Seymour, get out and change the tires. I don't have four spares, mother. You don't have four anything. Steve, do you have four anything? Um, four loco? I've got no loco. Four hairs? Nope. I've got four knives. That's pretty great. That is pretty good. All right. Yeah. Um, so mechanics arrive to take the ruined tires, load them onto the truck and drop them off at the Springfield Tire Fire, which is now smelled in 46 states. As uh, tires cause flames to uh, go high in the ring of fire, the smoke billows into the air and to the peak of Mount Springfield, where it melts the icy top to reveal a frozen letter carrier. Ken Brockman is live at the scene with more. Kent Brockman here atop Mount Springfield, where the melting ice cap has revealed a discovery so gruesome we'll give you a moment to get the children out of the room. That's long enough. Here it is. A frozen mailman somehow buried in ice several decades ago. For further analysis, here's the one scientist who's always home when we call, Professor John Frank. Uh, based on the ice core samples and the size of the mailman's bell bottoms, let's measure that there, we have determined he was frozen sometime in the 1960s. Swinging for all except for me, I was making napalm to drop on Denang. The post office has promised to deliver every letter in this 40-year-old mailbag. So get ready, Mr. Largo. <laughs> you were accepted to Juilliard. Ah, I got into Juilliard? I could have been second chair with the Cincinnati Pops. I'm C3D2. Shut up, shut up, shut up. Here you go, Billy. What's this, a letter from 1966? <laughs> this says I ain't allergic to pollen. 
so I could have gone to the park and played with other kids. I gotta make up for lost time. A lot going on in that clip, Steve. I love Kent Brockman. Um, this may be too gruesome for children. Eh, it's spent enough time. That was <laughs> just funny like not even a second, like <laughs> yeah, half a second. Uh, how, how many frozen bodies does Mount Springfield have? I mean, there's probably quite a few. Well, wasn't there during the um, uh, you know, the applesauce bar that Homer was eating and climbing? Oh, up? yeah, power sauce, power sauce, and then he found a body up there. That's true, wrote it down. Just a lot of uh, just like uh, Mount Everest, all the frozen bodies on that. Yep, all the those horrible tourists who pay Sherpas to risk their lives so they can say that they did that. Oh, what else was in that clip there? Ralph getting uh, being R three D R two. Poor Largo doesn't get to go to Juilliard. Mm, poor Steve, Dewey. Steve and I went to Juilliard. That's where we met. Yeah, I was playing chopsticks. I kept practicing so I could go to Carnegie Hall. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dumb joke. Um, anyways, but then Mo with a fun scene here. Mm-hmm. So making up for that lost time, Steve, he dons a pair of red sneakers, a pair of overalls, and like a rainbow colored propeller beanie and takes to the playground and jumping rope with of uh, Sherry O'Terry and a chant that goes sitting in a rocking chair eating baby crackers. Tick tock, tick tock, tick tock, banana, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Wash those June bugs off of me. Very good rendition, by the way. My mind went to someplace darker. He's like, I got to go to the playground. <laughs> I know, me too. I thought it was going to be like the cops come to arrest him because he's mm-hmm. a creepy pervert at the <laughs> playground. <laughs> but uh, delightfully, it was just something fun. Yeah, he just wanted to jump some rope. Right. But at 742 Evergreen Terrace, it seems that one of those long lost letters have found its way to the Simpsons home. Yeah, I got a 40 year old letter here for Mrs. Abraham Simpson. My grandma? I haven't seen her in years. She ran away. Ran away from all this, huh? What a fool. Hey, Grandpa, we got a letter for Grandma. Open it up. This may be my last chance to invade her privacy. My dearest Mona, you've just left my arms to return to your husband, Abe, and already I ache for you. Mona cheated on me! I don't know how she found the time with her late-night pottery classes and supermarket trips that took all weekend. Lisa, I'm not sure that letter is age-appropriate reading. Why can't the government edit our mail like other countries? Uh Uh-oh. I know I'm just a lifeguard, but I want you to run away with me. If you don't reply to this letter, I'll know that you've chosen to stay with Abe. But I know in my heart that the baby you're carrying is mine. (gasps) Whoa. Oh, no. Could it be true? Could it? Maybe. Oh, I guess we'll just have to keep on going to find out. Okay. Uh, But I do have a blunder for you. Uh Uh-oh. That last letter is delivered to 742 Evergreen Terrace. But Mona doesn't live at 742 Evergreen Terrace, especially in 1966 when the letter was sent. Although, you know, they could have just like looked up a database of last names. So maybe it's not a blunder at all. I'm going to assume that's what it was, but (laughs) weird, man. Weird. They just looked up like Simpson. They could. That's a common name. Just go to. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. That's not the squander. That's so grandpa's convinced that it um it was his baby that was in her belly and he takes out a photo showing them as a happy couple but the picture that uh abe shows proudly pointing to his wife's pregnant tummy while mona's is checking out the ass of some nearby lifeguard uh, this all means that homer's dad might not be his dad Ooh. but homer doesn't care what the letter says abe single-handedly raised him as we enter the second act homer wonders about the possibilities of a different father when i think of all the things he's done for me the many times he Lifeguard, huh? So this guy might be my real father. And his name starts with M. Mole Man? Mr. Burns? <gasps> M. Night Shyamalan? That would be a twist worthy of his increasingly lousy films. Of course I'm your father. Here, mush up your face and you look just like me. See? Yeah, but that also works for the dog's butt. Oh, hello, handsome. Well, this whole fatherhood issue could be resolved with a simple DNA test. Ah, nerds to that! Homer, I fed you and clothed you till you were 13. If that's not a father, I don't know what is. I'll be waiting for your apology on the old man bench at the mall. I sit by the trash so people have to come up to me. Finished your soda, eh? Oh, your hair's looking sharp from the back. Nerds to that, Steve. Nerds to that. That was fun. Oh, yeah. Santa's little helper butt. Mm-hmm. Weird, but okay. Yeah, that means that Bart has spent some time squeezing <laughs> the dog's little butt. <laughs> hmm. 
Hmm, okay, well, that makes sense. Uh, when Homer was thinking of uh, who it could be with the letter M and the first mole man, Mr. Burns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also a fun diss on uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Take that, Ooh, buddy. Take that. I mean, sure. Yeah. I never saw the uh, Unbreakable sequel movies like Splice and Glass. I like Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> Doesn't he have a show on Apple Plus or Apple TV or whatever it is? I, I don't know, man. I think he does, and I have no desire to watch it. I think the last um, movie, yeah, there's something called Servant. Maybe that's what mm-hmm. you're thinking of. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, he's got some, I'm looking at producer credits. How about director credits? Uh, something called Labor of Love and then Old. But, hmm. uh, you know, Sixth Sense and Breakable. I think it just kind of goes down. Like, Signs was fine. Mm-hmm. In the village, you're like, yeah, I know that it's actually in the modern day spoilers. <laughs> And you were right. Lady in the Water. I, I think The Village was the last one I watched because I never watched Lady in the Water. I heard The Happening was terrible. Yeah. I remember seeing The Happening and being like, eh. Yeah. After Earth was probably bad. I think with Will Smith and his kid, uh, Jaden. Yeah. Um, The Visit. I don't even know what that is. And then Split. I heard. And then I think Split was supposed to be good. Yeah. I've heard good things about Split. But then Glass, I guess, was not that great. Yeah. So if we really think about it here, he's got uh, one, two, three. He's got like two good movies. Yeah. That's, two, yeah. three. I mean, that's, that's two or three more than we have. So. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty good if you're a baseball player because most baseball players don't even direct films. <laughs> Where did baseball player come from? Are we baseball players? I was thinking about batting, batting average. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, oh. I mean, if, uh, if it was a golf score, he'd be great. That's three. true. Yeah. <laughs> So later that evening, Homer and Marge are lying in bed, but Homer is upset and unable to sleep. But it's not the uh, pork chops that are giving him a tummy ache. His only tummy ache is in his head. Homer can't stop wondering who his real father could be. Uh, So Homer then imagines himself as a boy playing catch with a question mark. (laughs) Homer throws the ball over to his uh, punctuation parent, but it smashes a window behind him and the door opens and an angry exclamation point comes out shaking his fist. And Homer's a... Kind of dumbfounded. I love that bit. Um, I know it's stupid and maybe even a little like family guy, but it's just a lot of fun. And I thought it was <laughs> I think it's harmless fun. It's not yeah. family guy at all. Because family guy, they'd you know probably put a poop joke in. Yeah, just the the what sold it to me was the ex- exclamation point. Shaking his fist. out. And like there's even a picture of him framed on his wall, or I think he's like wearing a hat or something. Um, let me look back again. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> Fun stuff, Steve. Do you think his wife is always grumpy because she's a period? Steve, the next day, Homer heads to the uh, Springfield Public Library to do some research. And he studies the book Springfield Lifeguards of the 20th Century. Another fun sight gag. Um, and after examining Springfield Night Watchmen of the 20th Century and Springfield Fry Cooks A through E, it's a lot of fry cooks. Yeah. Uh, Homer finds what he's looking for. Uh, the only lifeguard whose name begins with an M. It's Mason Fairbanks. His hobbies are philandering, writing letters, and making up for lost time. <laughs> So Homer heads to the gated mansion of Mason Fairbanks to meet his potential padre. But before he does, he comes up with a ruse to learn some more information. Okay, until you're sure this guy's cool, stick to your cupboard story. Oh, that sounds hard. Just do it. Can I help you? Uh, yes, I'm a reporter with a local paper. I'm doing a story on people who wear sweaters. Do you mind if I ask you some questions? I'd be delighted, but I must warn you, I don't wear a sweater every day. Interesting. Interesting. I like his little ruse, uh, but uh, Homer then takes some notes. Uh, Specifically, he writes, Daddy, smell good, (laughs) and too soon for hug. And, you know, I know that we try and avoid using the word daddy, but this is a very daddy heavy episode. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We're going to be saying daddy a lot. (laughs) Well, at least you are. I haven't yet. (laughs) Yeah, but I'm going to say daddy. Okay, great. Thanks. Stop it. Daddy. (laughs) Well, the interview continues uh, inside the uh, ornately decorated den of one Mr. Mason Fairbanks. It's full of maps, trinkets, baubles, and artifacts. And Homer assumes this makes him some sort of a fruitcake. I don't know about that line there, Homer. Yeah. But the eccentric man, played by one Michael York, uh, has a better explanation. He salvages valuables from sunken ships. He's what some would call a treasure hunter. Ooh. Yes. Uh, Color Homer impressed. Oh, that is so cool. Ooh, a dish of shrunken heads. Those are raisins. So you don't have any shrunken heads. Well, my hat size is a number six. Ah! It is small, right? It's smaller than average. Ah! Ah! 
And this is the lady in my life. Uh, you know it's a boat, right? Indeed I do. I loved a real woman a long time ago, but uh, it didn't work out. <gasps> well, uh, I'm sure my listeners would love to know the story behind that name. Listeners? I thought you worked for a newspaper. No, well, uh, I said I work for a radio station. 980 on the AM dial, but number one with our viewers. Viewers? Wouldn't that be for a TV station? Uh, well, I... I think you're my pappy! What? I found this letter you wrote to my mom, Mona Simpson. Dear God, I always dreamed this day would come. And now that it's here, there are so many feelings I... I... <laughs> oh, possible daddy. Mm. Who keeps a bowl of raisins? <laughs> Just... <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, too. It was like... I'm... He is old, you know, old people love raisins, but yeah, what a boring snack. <laughs> yeah. I got to say the, the line of, um, I thought you were reported for a newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't say, uh, or the newspaper. <laughs> just, like, just the concept of newspaper. Of newspaper. <laughs> I don't know if that was like a mistake or that's actually just the way he said it. It's just, it's, uh, it's hilarious. I loved it. Yeah. Um, I, even though it's a dumb joke too, it's like, there she is. It's like, you know, that's a boat, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's all just very silly and very fun, and I love it. And the uh, whole of like, I thought you, you know, the newspaper. And he's like, oh, no, my my viewers, but that would imply you're on TV or <laughs> no radio. The listeners, oh, it's so dumb but good. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's to the point where like I felt like maybe they're like trying. The writers were like, let's try to be create like creative or come up with something different. Like, no, let's just do this. And just the way that Dan and Michael like acted out together. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they were together when they did this because you know I don't know if they were recording separate by this time. But Michael, <laughs> it's just it's just good acting. That's all. Yeah, it's, it's it's just so much fun. Also, by the way, a size six. He's definitely bigger than a size six head because that is really small. Yeah, I was thinking about like when I was a kid and I used to be into hats. Uh, specifically baseball hats i think that i had i think it was like seven and three quarters when i was like 13 that's pretty that's actually what i used to be when i didn't gain weight yeah and i've got a big fat irish head now yeah that's i have yeah, no idea what i am that's probably too big for a 13 year old it could be because if um, an adult like me on a seven three quarters no that's way huge maybe it wasn't yeah, seven i was thinking seven three eights because that's like a size i could fit but almost on an adult yeah seven and a quarter anyways like if you like go to like like the actual like like baseball like mlb shop and look at hat sizes for like adult hats like the smallest is six and seven eighths i think yeah. a six would be for kids right anyways i don't know why we're talking about hats but uh here we are it's finally come to this steve we're talking <laughs> hat size <laughs> I just got a new Cubs hat, so I'm just Ooh, nice. letting you know. Yeah. All right, Steve. Uh, anything else from that clip? Um, I don't think so. I think it was just fun. All right. Uh, but Homer then kisses Mason squarely on the lips <laughs> with a great deal of passion. <laughs> he then apologizes, realizing that he got a little uh, carried away. But his new daddy forgives him and then offers him his gum back. <laughs> <laughs> that just that kiss is so big yeah <laughs> and, and implied i think it's implied that he used tongue i think so yeah <laughs> i mean you could swap gum without a tongue but uh i think the tongue would help tongue would help a little bit more <laughs> yeah gross um i mean it's fine because spoilers it's not really his dad oh no yeah uh, so back at home, Marge and the children are watching Springfield Public Access on TV, which is airing the Bully Corner with Jimbo Dolphin Kearney. Uh, the tough guys have a very special guest, shameless star and shameless husband of college admission scandal crime family, uh, his wife Felicity Huffman, uh, mm -hmm. William H. Macy. Good evening, dumbasses. Tonight our guest is Oscar nominee William H. Macy. Welcome. Thanks for having me on, guys. You know, these public access shows remind me of independent film. Special people, not special effects. Big hearts, not big budgets. Very well put. Now get him! Hey. So tell us, what's next for William H. Macy? Besides bleeding. You know Nev Campbell? I found my real father. His name is Mason Fairbanks. He has a knife just for cheese, and he talks like this. Homer, please do that in the loo. Oh, Homer, you just met this British man. It's too soon to get so emotionally invested. Hmm, honey, you've given me a lot to think about. Tomorrow when we're on Daddy's boat! Ah, another fun clip. <laughs> 
Do you think we should start out our shows? Good evening, dumbasses. I was kind of thinking about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good sound clip. Do you know enough Campbell, by the way? Hmm. I know of her. <laughs> I think uh, William H. Macy getting beat up is fine. Yeah, I think it was a lot of fun. Also, there's a moment like when the show's going on and it cuts back to the, the Simpsons and Marge and Lisa are just sitting there for like three beats. Smiling. <laughs> Smiling while the, the beloved actor is getting beat up by... <laughs> Four 12 year olds or three 12 year olds. I think uh, Marge was getting horny seeing uh, Jimbo there. She's yeah. Like, Maybe in a few years, I'm going to marry I'm going to marry him. So here's what I think. I think that several years ago, he was sitting on the Simpsons couch without a shirt, uh. left some hair, uh, some pheromones. And that that's what got Marge all horny in the first place. All right. It's canon. <laughs> yeah. So um, aboard the Sun I Never Knew ship, Bart is impressed and feels that his uh, grandmother made the wrong choice. Mr. Fairbanks tells his new possible grandson that the most valuable treasure is right here. And he points to his heart, or at least the map that's near his heart, which leads to the lost to a treasure that was lost in the sea years ago, the famed Emeralds of Piso Mojado. See, what does Piso Mojado uh, translate to? It means wet floor. Oh. And I genuinely don't know if I find that lazy or funny <laughs> to just take a random Spanish phrase. Yeah. And it's kind of funny, but it's also kind of lazy. <laughs> Steve, the bottom of the ocean is always wet. Wet floor. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Also, to be fair, to be fair, be fair, most of the ocean is wet. And some parts of Atlantis, it's true, not so wet, dripping. I saw Aquaman, Steve. I know. <laughs> um, anyways, March cuts in the conversation to say that if she were born three months later, Emerald will be her birthstone. <laughs> Marge is winning it with the lines in this episode. Yeah, spoilers, maybe my MVJ, but fate certainly doesn't have a uh, strange sense of humor. Uh, Mason then uh, goes to tell the tale of the emeralds, which were uh, nestled in the bosom of a Spanish galleon returning home from the Caribbean. Uh, we then cut to the uh, Spanish seamen. Um, but before we do that, I've got yet another blunder or trivia. That would mean that Marge was born in February, mm. which doesn't make sense because in Kiss Kiss Bang Bangalore, which I believe that we reviewed, mm-hmm. she's stated to be born in May. And in Marge Gamer, she's stated to be born in October. So she's got like three different birthdays. She's like a regular Jesus Christ. What a superstar. Yeah. You know, it's my theory that the Simpsons live in a multiverse. I think that's fine. You know, because you still have like the early 90s Simpsons are actually different in my in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The those Simpsons never had these adventures, Steve. Right. They're <laughs> they still at home me. eating cupcakes and drinking milkshakes. Maybe each season is its own multiverse. Whoa. Although there is connecting like who shall Mr. Burns. So maybe maybe seasons five and six are in the same universe. Yeah, that's possible. I mean, they've graduated school so many times. Yeah. Or quit, you know, like, oh, it's summer vacation. They've all had multiple birthdays, yet their age remains the same. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> See, it's the multiverse. Exactly. Can we play that clip, Steve? Go for it. We must pray to Santa Maria to save us. Santa Maria de Guadalupe, Mystica Rosa, intercede por la iglesia. One of you was not praying. It was me. I was thinking of a joke I heard. Why, you little... <laughs> Now that treasure is somewhere down there. Wow, that story had everything. Action, treasure, water, a guy. Would you like to come to our house for dinner? I'd be delighted. I've dined with the Prince of Wales and with Killer Whales, but only the latter knew how to chew without humming. (laughs) (laughs) I think that we should just use that sound clip after either one of us says anything. You mean the Prince of Wales and actual Wales? (laughs) Yes. No, I meant the laughter. Oh, yeah. Uh, fun scene. Also, again, Michael York just killing it. Yeah, he he does a great job. It he uh, just goes to show what a great actor he is. Because I'm assuming this is the first time he's done the show, and mm-hmm. they must have loved him so much. Like we need to keep bringing him back for just bit parts, and they do. Yeah, he's like our low key uh, Al Brooks. Uh, our low key is Tom Hiddleston, Steve. Oh, that's right. So that laugh continues as you heard until they get to 742 Evergreen Terrace, where they find their original grandpa grandpa uh, abe simpson inside homer awkwardly introduces abe to mason and grandpa immediately accuses him of stealing his wife and now trying to steal his family uh, mason as one would expect has a witty retort 
Perhaps I couldn't have stolen anyone had you given them uh, what they needed. I was busy telling young people to get a haircut. Mason, come see my room. Homer, look what this is doing to Grandpa. We have to settle this question once and for all with a paternity test. I'll take any test you want. Eye test, pap test, memory test, memory test, Vinny Testaverde, Ferrari Testarossa. Grandpa, stop. Never. President's physical fitness test, seal test ice cream, tester's airplane glue. Now, Homer, I'll compare your sample to the ones from Grandpa and Mr. Fairbanks. Then, bingo, who's your daddy will become abundantly clear. I've prepared a t-shirt for you that covers either eventuality. Another great clip. All right, Grandpa's still in it there with the uh, Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> Memory <laughs> test. Memory test. Yeah. <sighs> uh, so some visuals that you didn't see because you're listening to this and your listeners, not viewers. Uh, the two vials on the paternity test say, same old grandpa and suave new stranger. <laughs> and the uh, t-shirt says, number one son on one side and <laughs> world's biggest bastard <laughs> on the other, which I thought was a lot of fun. Why don't you get that shirt, Steve? Maybe I will. I will. I don't want you to do anything ever. So the family nervously waits with Mason outside of Hibbert's office and the good doctor, not that one, appears with the results. Mason offers Abe uh, civility while Abe offers something else. I have the results. Oh, God. Whatever happens, Abe, I hope we can be civil. Ah, poop in your fist. At least I can make both. Oh. Homer's biological father is... Mason Fairbanks. <gasps> Who's Mason Fairbanks? This guy. Woohoo! Oh, poop in your fist. <laughs> Can we start using that every day? <laughs> Absolutely. I love that line. <laughs> also, a really gross description. It is. I mean, I guess you could say that when you see someone walking their dog. Ah, uh, poop in your fist. Ah, uh, poop in your fist. <laughs> are you implying that you are going to poop in your fist? Or are you asking <laughs> that person to poop into their own fist? I think it's, uh, I'm telling you to poop in your own okay. fist. Ah, poop, uh, in, poop your in your fist. fist. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I wonder if it is like an actual, like, line old people used to say. Google search here. I think we're both doing the same thing. Poop in your fist. Oh, gross. No, <laughs> There's, Urban Dictionary says shit on your fist. Well, they probably couldn't say poop, so that's why. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm at UrbanDictionary.com. Shit on your fist. The state of your hand after anal fisting, i.e. shit covered. Jeremy, oh, thanks for that, sweetie. I really loved it when you stretched me out like that. Steve. <laughs> she says, Steve, I just love tickling your insides. Jeremy, hope you don't mind too much shit on your fist. <laughs> it's by Big Bear and Papa Smurf. Oh, wow. It's uh, a lot there. And it was in November 6, 2008. Isn't that when this episode aired? Yeah. No, really, was it? Well, what was the date? Oh, January 8th. January 8th, 2006. But this Urban Dictionary was uploaded November 6, 2008. Huh. So maybe it was like on somebody's TiVo and then. <laughs> yeah. Iron. Poop in your fist. Yep. Hi. You just see the Urban Dictionary and then the next is the Simpsons quote. All right. So the yeah. Simpsons invented it. Um, I also like, who's Mason Fairbanks? <laughs> so this guy. That's great. <laughs> Yeah, dumb homers, the best homers. Uh, though there is yet another blender that oh, is not boy. really a blender, but when Dr. Hibbert announces that Mason Fairbanks is Homer's biological father, Mason stands up with a blue coat and a black jeans. But when he sits down, he's back to his normal clothes. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Our final act begins at the Springfield Retirement Castle, where uh, Marge and the kids are visiting Abe, even though they have no biological obligation to do so. The family struggles to uh, come up with conversation with their former and possible future grandpa. I guess Homer couldn't make it, huh? No, but he told us to say hi. Hi. So, what setting is that fan on? Medium. Hmm. I would have guessed low. You would have guessed wrong. Just the, the use of pauses? Yeah. Just classic. Loved it. I just love how much time they take to let that joke just sit there. Yeah. Good job. And if you've ever awkwardly visited a family member in a retirement home or a hospital, it's kind you, of you, have nothing, like. you have nothing to talk about. Yeah. How's the weather? It's good. Yep. That's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, so you got a Sudoku book, huh? Yeah. You like numbers? Oh, not really. Okay. <laughs> 
So anyways, Mason and Homer are together and he's on his boat and he tells his crew of a dream come true, which is searching for treasure with his long lost son. And Homer shares his own dream to wear a real wetsuit rather than having one painted on. <laughs> Where's his wang then if it's painted on? I know. Maybe it's uh, tucked inside of himself. I don't know. That's how it works. Or maybe he just has like a little show. Anyway, uh, the father and son team hopped into individual sea crafts that would make uh, James Cameron jealous and dive deep into the murky ocean where they find some of Mother Nature's most stunning creatures, including Blinky the three-eyed fish, a three-eyed, three-clawed crab, and mob informant Frankie the squealer wearing those famed concrete shoes. I really want one of those submarine pods. I know, they're really cool. I didn't really know what to call them, but yeah, they're submarine pods. Sure, but they look so uh, fancy. And I know. You probably need like a lot of practice to operate one of those but there's homer <laughs> yeah just doing it the first day yeah <laughs> so homer looks on as a glowing school of fish is uh, gobbled up by a hungry shark that's what uh, they get for being luminous jerks just then <laughs> mason fairbanks finds it the treasure of piso mojado homer and mason use their uh sea crafts robotic arms to grab the chest full of treasure homer radios mo who has a little communication set up at the bar Hey guys, we found the treasure. When I get to shore, I'm bringing it right to the bar. I'll see you soon, Homer. We got somebody else coming in. This is WA3QIZ. Do you read me? Seymour, isn't it about time you made a real friend? Mother, please, I'm communicating with my fellow hams. How do I talk? Push this button here. You're all losers! Man, Agnes with the uh, insults this episode. I know. Killing it. So mean, but also having somebody like, how do we turn this on? You're all losers, as I figure what our uh, people would tell us as we <laughs> play this podcast. Yeah, that might be the stinger. But while Homer was busy chatting with his friends, he lost sight of his uh, new father. He sees a light in the distance and assuming that it's his new daddy, once again, uh, he follows it. Unfortunately, it's one of those luminescent jerkfish. So Homer follows the sea life, but then gets caught in a coral reef. He uses his robotic claw to scratch the head of the vehicle while trying to figure out what to do. So Homer is uh, frightened as the panel of his sea craft uh, shows low oxygen, then it shows lower oxygen. This causes Homer to freak out a little bit more than a bell dings, and the panel shows oxygen slightly higher, and Homer reacts with a relief sigh. And then there's finally a buzz, and the panel shows oxygen gone, and Homer screams, struggling to escape, and then passes out, repeating the word. Oh, what words do you mm-hmm. receive? Daddy. Gross. He then flashes back to when he was a child. Also, that oxygen joke is just classic dumb fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he flashes back to when he was a child. Abe laughs as he shakes car keys in front of uh, a happy little Homer. Uh, Homer grabs uh, his father's car keys and leaves the room giggling. And Abe says to himself, I love that little guy. And is then startled as the young boy hops into the back of the car or into the car, adjusts the mirror and then backs up. And then one of my favorite things here is uh, we have another memory where we see this crude drawing of Abe, you know, like a three-year-old would draw, right? Mm-hmm. And it has the word data underneath. And you hear, you know, a childish Homer say, I drew this picture for you. But then the camera pans out to reveal it's actually Homer is a teenager. <laughs> but, you know, Abe still tells Homer he thinks it's a, a beautiful piece of artwork. That's great. And also... Got to say, quality uh, young Homer impression from you. Oh, that was Dan. He's here. Oh, hey, Dan. He nods. Hi. (laughs) See you next at the uh, bald meeting. He waved by. He's just gone now. See you. Um, A third memory is remembered. The wedding day of Homer and Marge. Uh, Abe hands Homer an envelope. It may not be much, but it's all that he has. Homer opens the envelope to find a stack of cash, which is then quickly stolen by a low-flying falcon. Uh, Homer then slowly opens his eyes to see the uh, a sea pod come his way, and he awakes again, and this time he's in the hospital uh, with a bandage around his head and his family and uh, both uh, real and fake fathers surrounding him. But he's been in a coma, as Bart says, for three days, and they had to feed him through the tube, which Lisa shows it to be wide enough to offer a whole turkey. Oh, homie, I always believed you were going to make it, no matter what that pushy casket salesman said. Well, Homer, now that you're alive again, I'll leave you with your real family. Wait, can we have a moment in private? Of course. As I lay dying on the ocean floor, I remembered everything you've done for me. To hell with that stupid DNA test and its 99.99997% accuracy. You're my dad and I love you. I love you too, Homer. And now there's something I've got to tell you. I really am your father. Oh! But how? 
after seeing how happy you were with Horatio Homewrecker, I made a decision. I switched the names on the DNA samples. Then I put my name first on the list for a new heart. <laughs> my old one's fine, but you never know. Only a true father would lead his son to believe he belonged to someone else. It's nice to know that Abe's heart's still okay. Yeah, good but, to know. But uh, put his name above the list. Um, and uh, here's some people that were waiting for that list. We have Montgomery Burns. We have Jasper Beardsley. Old Jewish man. Jebediah Springfield the fourth. Tim Bailey. Uh, we have B. Wilson. Uh, Dave Henderson. And Martin. And Josh La... Yeah, I, don't, I couldn't really make that one out. Tim Bailey is a animator and director for The Simpsons. B. Wilson was Abe's grandpa, or <laughs> Abe's girlfriend, sorry, in that old episode. In that old episode. When he has a girlfriend, you know. Yeah, I know. Is she? No, who's the one that died? Yeah, that's the one I'm thinking of. Oh, then why is she on the list? She's dead. Well, then no rush. All right, cross her off then. Isn't Dave Henderson someone? The baseball player, I think. Oh, Ann Martin. Steve's wife. <laughs> I like how we have a Jebediah Springfield the fourth. Yeah. I'd like to meet this character. Who should it be played yeah. by? Mm, let's say my first thought is. Uh, Hold on. I bet you're going to say Nick Offerman. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I was actually just trying to like undo Ron Swanson in my head. I couldn't <laughs> yeah, think right. of his real name. But yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. But he was just on. I know. Different character. Uh, and he's got his own show to worry about, Steve. That's right. Jasper Beardsley. Has it been confirmed that this is his name? I think this is where we learn that his last name is Beardsley. Oh, okay. But I like how old Jewish man is just an old Jewish yeah. man. <laughs> All right. Well, the two Simpsons men share a hug, and Homer orders uh, two hams from his feeding tube, uh, but sends one back after taking a bite because it's uh, cold. <laughs> Which is weird because you'd think Homer is fine with that because he loves eating cold raw ham. Yeah. See last week's episode for that reference. Right. Anyways, the credits roll, but we get a bonus scene. Now, I don't know we'd have a bonus scene because I thought someone told me. Yeah, I know. That when the executive producer credit pops up, if it's white, you get a post credit scene. If it's yellow, you can Keep leave there, fella. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, clearly I was wrong. Maybe that's the thing that they started doing in later years. But right. yeah, I thought the same thing. Well, here's our Marvel post credit scene. Listen, I wanted to ask you if you could do something my former father never did for me. Anything, son. Teach me that the stove is hot. Very well. <coughs> no, Homer. Mustn't touch. <coughs> I said no, Homer. <coughs> All right, nap time. I'm not tired. Uh, and that's a silly capper to a silly episode. And that's what? our episode. I like the idea of taking a nap. Steve, I need you to go take a nap. Oh, but I'm not tired. But just do it. So I'll take a nap. You take a nap. And then when we're done with our nap, we come back and talk about naps. Sounds like a plan. We'll be right back. Good night. And we're back. Craig, let's uh, finish up our discussion of Homer's paternity coot. We'll talk about our favorite visual things, our favorite quotes, an MBJ, and our total review. And we'll find out what we're watching next week. Hi, caramba. Sounds great. All righty, Craig. Let's start with visual stuff. What do you like to look at? Wow, this episode had it all, Steve. I mean, you have all the uh, family photos and the couch gag. Sure. You know, you got uh, Chief Wiggum shooting a shotgun into a chimney. <laughs> you got sad Jesus. You got uh, frozen 1960s mailman. You got, oh, here's actually a fun one. You get uh, Mo, you know, doing the... Uh, 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 jump rope with Sherry mm -hmm. Terry, even Ralph with the tuba on his head, or is it a sousaphone? I think it's a tuba. Yeah, uh, I don't want to steal yours because I know your favorite visual thing is Homer probably playing with a question mark, and then it's pretty good. That. You know, you got Mason's uh, boat. I don't know, you want to yeah, a boat. <laughs> the Simpsons love boats paintings mm -hmm. you got uh jimbo and kearney and dolph beating up william h macy you got you got that shirt that little shirt with the number one son or the <laughs> huh, world's know, biggest I, bastard yeah i mean that's a great shirt too all right i guess i uh, will go with snakes jumping out of a fountain that's good i like it <laughs> no 
you know, I think just uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with uh, Crazy Mo and his little uh, beanie and propeller beanie and his uh, red shoes. Just him jumping rope. That's classic. That's, I love it. That's my T-shirt. Um, mine is going to be, uh, you know, I thought about, you know, the question mark and Homer playing baseball. I thought that was really fun. Um, but I think mine is going to be, it's going to be a white t-shirt, uh, that is a little damaged, a little burnt, and it's going to be for the store smoke damage outlet store, (laughs) but it's still going to be smoldering. There's going to even like be a piece of like burnt hanger on it. And yeah, it sounds very, it's going to have the, uh, it is. That's how I do. Actually, I can see like actual like fashion show runway models, like literally wearing that shirt yeah. <laughs> and like it has like the catchphrase where they're smoke their savings yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> well they're like their bottom half they're just wearing a like garbage sack right right and then they have like big feathers coming out of their hair for some yeah reason. <laughs> so yeah that's my t-shirt but would the nipples be there uh one of them would be there yes you know like if the nipples are cut out i yeah. mean <laughs> the shirt where the nipple would be <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't cut out my own nipples. <laughs> okay. You can keep your nipples, Steve, even though you don't use them. That's true. <laughs> They're wasting away. Um, okay, for uh what's your favorite joke? Oh I, this is tough for me because Yeah. I think I said it before. Like the opening joke I went on about that, how have you driven by a fire and think <laughs> how could this benefit me? This is the best single best line I've heard of the Simpsons. Uh when, since we've been doing this podcast for these episodes. Right. Uh, that poop in your fist. There's just so many different jokes uh, that I, were all really good. I mean, I loved the with Homer meeting Mason, do the whole I'm a reporter for a newspaper, no TV, the radio, <laughs> that whole scene. And I already said it before, but Homer visualizing him playing with the question mark, the baseball, all the, yeah, the shrunken heads who are grapes. Yeah, that whole scene. I, I said, I, I'm just going to make that my favorite joke. The uh, the one I just said. Yeah. The uh, have you ever seen a fire? And yeah. how can I benefit from that? Uh, that's a great line. I also uh, the like Agnes had some really good lines. Right. She had two like you don't have four of anything. Oh, and don't forget. I kept I said at the beginning, like Marge in the beginning and even kind of throughout the episodes has some good like Marge Marge lines. Yeah. And I even said like, I'd make her my MVJ and I think I will. Yeah, I think that she's mine with uh, Abe being Abe and Homer both being close seconds too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I let's just get into it. Uh, yeah, you know, it's one of those classic because I always think of like Simpsons episodes. There's two. There's always A story and B story, but then there's always A story that starts out different, mm-hmm. you know, and goes that way, and that's what kind of we're dealing with. You know, just that one story because you could have had you know the, obviously the story it starts with Marge and the tolls and like okay, where's this going and really. It wasn't going anywhere and it goes to this. It's always fun because those can be what I'm saying is that those kind of episodes can be really much like a hit or miss. Yeah. And that's what this episode is. And I thought this one, like with that solid first joke, it got me like like sitting up and like wanting to watch more. Mm-hmm. And it 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 delivered. I think this was a solid later season. I always feel like episodes around this time period, you know, or in the uh, was it 17th season. But yeah, this kind of era, which I think we probably were watching live when we lived together, because I think we lived together around this time. Um, yeah, this is a solid episode, and like, like I said, like a lot of these episodes, you know, aren't as good as the you know older ones or even the newer ones. But uh, yeah, I I really enjoyed this. It's fun. It's just goofy fun. Michael York was great. Everyone's great. Yeah. Uh, so if you had to uh, put some numbers to your thoughts. Hmm. Well, Steve, it was what, like 40 years that the mailman was stuck. Mm-hmm. I'll give this episode uh, a 37 out of 40. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, this episode, like, I think that when we think of older episodes of The Simpsons in the golden age, we praise it for its heart. And then we complain because newer episodes don't have that heart. But what this has in place of heart is just silliness and fun. And it plays on it so well. Like, they take the time to do the beats. Like when Marge and Lisa are watching TV and they're just happily sitting there watching William H. Macy getting beat up. I like the fact that they took the time to let that joke happen or like the silly cutaway of uh, Mo jumping rope innocently like a child. Like everything is just a silly joke and I'm here for it. It just hits my comedic senses so well. And you're right, that opening send- that opening scene with the uh, burnt stuff store. Uh, just makes you like laugh and ready for the ride. So I'm all for this episode. It may be one of the top five episodes that we've reviewed so far, I think, um, just yeah. because it's pure funny all the all throughout. 
idea of this episode of like it seems like on concept it's like it is like yeah let's obviously do a joke or you know like maybe grandpa is not his father and like it could have gone really poorly yeah exactly it almost it seems like a formulaic like story where they would just pump out the same kind of jokes and not really put the time in to really care. And it seems like they did with this one. Yeah, that's true. That's a really good point because this could have gone very poorly. But I think that when you mentioned like the A story flowing into one cohesive story, I think they did that really well. Mm-hmm. And the pacing of the episode is just so well done that it just it's a quick 23 minutes or 22 minutes. And you're just, oh, man, you're having a laugh. Uh, so right. yeah, I highly recommend this episode. And you have that scene. So you're talking about pacing where Lisa and Marge and Bart are at the retirement castle. That's another great point. Yeah. And you rarely have those like pause moments on a show like this because everything's so fast paced. You got to get all the jokes in when you get the chance to just sit back and let the awkwardness is the joke. So yeah, you did can, really well. And like listening to that clip, you could actually hear the fan going back and yep. forth. And that's just, I don't know. It's just, they, they know what they're doing and they're doing it really well. Uh, so, so I'll say that the uh, toll is 75 cents and I'm going to, you know, pay 70 of that 75 cents. So I'm going to put uh, two quarters and two dimes into that snake like beast. All right. So would you watch this episode again? Absolutely. All right. Yeah. High praise from Caesar himself, everyone. At two? Yeah, you're Caesar. I make a good salad. Did you say, hi, I make a good salad? <laughs> yeah. My name's Sid. <laughs> R.I.P. Yes. All right. Well, I guess uh, we can only go up from here, right? That's right. We've got, you know, at least two episodes that were solid. Back Ooh, to can, back. We, can we get the hat trick? We'll find out. But to do that, we're going to need that good old Wheel of Random. Let's give it a spin to see what season we're in. Boop. We have season 26. Season 26. All righty, let's give it a spin to see which episode we're watching. Boop. We have episode 21. Season 26, episode 21. Why, that's Bull E. Craig, what happens in that? So when Bart is bullied after a school dance, Marge gets the city to adopt a tough anti-bullying law that gets Homer arrested when Rod and Todd claim that he's bullying Ned, but Ned refuses to forgive Homer. We have a couple guest stars here, Steve. Ooh. We got Johnny Mathis as Yay. the beaver, or actually <laughs> as himself. Joe Montagna as Fat Tony. Ooh, but nice. better, Steve, who's the best voice guest ever? Uh, I'm going to say it's... Uh... Maybe Albert Brooks? Yep, he plays Dr. Ruffabold. Nice. I do not remember this episode. Do I you do not either. Hmm. Well, I look forward to watching it. It's about bullying, and the bullies in this last episode were bullying. That's true. <laughs> Consistency. <laughs> do you think the bullies are in this episode? I feel like they'll make an appearance. Well, because he was bullied after a school dance. Like I'm going to assume that's the same bullies, right? I don't know. Yeah. I'm so excited to find out. Me too. But I have to wait till next week, just like all of you crapples. Aw. Does it call you a crapple? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was calling them crandles. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, Steve, um, tell people. No, I guess I'll tell people to go okay. to com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys and meet us on social media at uh, 138 Simpsons with Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. And you can always email us at 138simpsons at gmail.com. And you can go to your favorite podcasting app and leave five stars or the equivalent if you're so kind. And you can leave a review, but it needn't be an actual review. You can write whatever you want. You can write us a question. You can write us who you think your father could be. (laughs) Or you can just send us some of your DNA. All right, for this week, I've been half an annoyed grunt boy, Craig. And I've been your other half annoyed grunt boy, Steve. Remember, keep reaching for the skis. Poop in your fist. How do I talk? Push this button here. You're all losers!